and you make it, me and Michael used to run about together. You know, he was only a year younger than me. I had brains to burn, Michael. He, he, I saw him that night. He was, he was pure black. He was cruel. An emotional John Leonard recalling the night his brother was killed. Michael was just 24 years old when he was shot dead by the Royal Ulster Constabulary on the 17th of May 1973 on the border between Fermanagh and Donegal. His only crime was that he was driving whilst disqualified. At the time, the RUC claimed that he had refused to stop at a checkpoint. Michael was just 200 yards from the border when he was shot in the back and killed. Michael's brother John believes that he could have lived, but that he was left to bleed out on the side of the road. Ah, but the, the worst part about it, I mean, my father and mother was out there in Timor, and they didn't know till half past seven. This happened at 20 past five. They didn't know till half seven. It was only about four miles away. To the priest came in, and we father McKenna was here at the time. And we father McKenna told me nobody came and told him he would have lifted Mike. They let Michael bleed out on the roadside, which was the worst part of it. It was, it was nearly two hours before he could in, in his skin. He, his skin was black. He was bled. He was bled out. Michael could have lived. You know, I mean, father McKenna told me if anybody would have told him, nobody would have stopped the priest. He would have lifted him and took him. I mean, it was almost two hours, you know, and the skills only 20 miles away, you know. And who found him, John, on the roadside? Oh, they wouldn't let nobody stop, you see. There was few people stopped that knew, you know, locals. But they were too afraid of the police. They were all went on, but the, the worst I'd have been, I'll tell you the truth, the worst I'd have been with Michael. Michael's other brother, Morris, says to this day, he wonders why. Say it was about eight or nine o'clock in the evening and uh, he just said, your brother's been shot on the border and he's dead. He was straight out with it. And you must have been absolutely... I was. I, I, I remember keep saying to him, are you sure he's dead? I mean, because you hear people being shot, but... Not dead. I mean, I remember keeping saying that to him. So. Then we had a small child. So we got child up, and me and the wife, and we had it to Teddy go here. So that was it. Yeah, yeah. My mother was in a bad way on the back street. Naturally. So. What age were you? Were you older or younger than Michael? I was older. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, three years older, yeah. Has it kind of stayed with you all those years, what happened that night? Oh, God, yeah, 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 it stays with you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you think of all these things, ifs and if this had been and if that had been, you... You, uh, you wonder... You wonder why sometimes. anniversary mass for Michael took place over the weekend in St Mary's Church in Pettigo. During the homily, campaigner priest and Michael's cousin, Father Joe McVeigh, read a statement from Michael's sister, Carmel. I will never forget seeing him in the morgue in the Aaron Hospital in Esquillan. 
His body was pure black. Michael bled to death. After Michael's death, we all got on with our lives. When Daddy died years later, Mommy came to live with me for some time in Dublin. It was only then that I realized that she never got over Michael's cruel death. She would talk about Michael every day. Mommy died brokenhearted. In the 50 years that followed Michael's death, Father McVeigh says that the Irish government has only in recent times taken an interest in the case. Thankfully, Micheál Martin met us there in February, uh, met the family and uh, was very sympathetic and said he, he promised to do whatever he could to get a new inquest, which is what we're aiming for. That's our goal, because the first inquest in 1973, five months after Michael was killed, was a farce, the first inquest. And I attended it, and it was just so um, useless, really, from a point of view of getting any information about what happened, that we came away very disgusted, very disappointed. But we never, we didn't know how, how to go about a campaign, or we didn't know at that time, but we were really pleased to, to get this invitation from Michal Martin to talk to him uh, after 50 years. And as you said at the beginning, it's a long, long time. A lot has happened, but we're determined at this stage to pursue the campaign, to pursue this case in order to get truth, the truth about what happened to oppose the, and to oppose the lies uh, of the British uh, services, British forces here, who put out the lies. How do you feel, Father, on a personal level, 50 years on and 50 years of, mm -hmm. of campaigning on behalf of, of the Leonard mm -hmm. family and for Michael? Well, I feel more hopeful now than I did for many years. I've been campaigning for many, for many other cases. Personally, I am more hopeful. I am encouraged by what I hear around me. I am encouraged, very much encouraged by Michal Martin's uh, interest in the case. I think, hopefully, this will lead to a, a whole new stage uh, in our campaign. It's giving me hope at this point in time. We did not see you close your eyes. We did not see you die. All we knew was that you were gone without a last goodbye. The letter family will come home tonight with them, with strength and hope that you have given them with your presence here. They need it now just as they did half a century ago, but they will prevail once more despite the cover-up and the intransigence that was ruled out as Michael lay on the ground and dying. I believe, uh, some people may call me foolhardy, but I believe that the love of the Leonard family and the support that they have from you is far more powerful than anything that the British state can throw at us. The British state is running scared, and it's running scared because of the indomitable spirit of families like Michael Leonard's. 
The Mass was followed by a special event to remember Michael. Kieran McCart is founder and manager of the charity Paper Trail, which advocates on behalf of victims and survivors of the conflict in Northern Ireland. One of the key aims of the charity's work is to help families access information buried in public records. While researching in London, Kieran discovered new evidence which he says proves that the story told at the inquest in 1973 doesn't add up. Well, the first tranche of new evidence that he discovered was over in the National Archives in London. Uh, around about 2017-2018, went back for some more. I had known Father Joe McVeigh, Michael's cousin. Um, I'd seen him at various events and I knew him by repute as well. Um, and I'd also known that he had written about Michael. I, I didn't know the family at that stage. So I contacted Father Joe and said to him that I had found new information. Uh, new evidence over in London that proved that it wasn't an accidental shot that had killed Michael, that the RUC had fired two shots at him deliberately, chased after him, and then shot him again before he reached the sanctuary of the border and the safety of his home in Pedigo. And what, uh, from your experience working with other families, what is unique about this particular case of Michael Leonard? What remains unique for me is that it is so open an admission in the texts that proves that the RUC deliberately targeted and executed Michael before he reached the border. Um, What the police told the family, what the police told the media, and then what the police then informed the coroner at the the field inquest is completely and utterly at odds with the record within the British Army and RUC files at the time. So that means from the moment and hour that Michael perished, Um, that the RUC and the British Army covered up. And it covered up not only from unit level on the ground, but that then spread out to the station and upwards as far as NOC headquarters and British Army headquarters. And in terms of that inquest many years ago, those who were there that night weren't even at the inquest? No, um, the inquest was was so bossed and failed uh, because the... RUC officers who murdered Michael that night weren't even in attendance. They had a sergeant there who read out their statements. And then that sergeant um, wasn't even able to be interrogated by Michael's family's uh, solicitor, Pat Fahey. So no questions were even able to be asked of the sergeant. The family knew then and there, as did Father Joe and the solicitor, that it was a failed investigation and that, and that the mix was in and the cover-up was, was instigated from there on in. Fast forward to 50 years um, later, how confident are you that you will, the family will get a fresh inquest? I'm very confident in the, in the strength and the resilience of the family because they're driven by love of Michael. Um, what we have a great fear of at the minute is the fact that the British government is trying to uh, bring in a legacy bill, which is designed for no other reason except to bury Britain's war crimes in Ireland and protect its killers, even its killers in uniform, like those RUC officers that murdered Michael on that lowly road just before the border. And do you feel or are you hopeful that a fresh inquest will be sanctioned before that legacy bill stops it? Michael's family is one of many families that have uh, been instructed to go to the Attorney General and seek a new inquest. And unfortunately, they're one of many families that the clock is ticking. 
um, and the British government we now know is trying to bring this, uh, this draconian power uh, this le- legacy bill in as quickly as possible so it can pull the shutters down on hundreds of families that, um, and, and make sure that they do not have equal access to due process of the law. Is the fact that Tana Shamihal Martin getting behind the campaign, that must be a good thing in terms of the campaign? The family welcomed the meeting with Antonisha and he gave us a very sympathetic ear. He was well over the brief and knew Michael's story well. He took time out of a very busy schedule to listen to us and listen to the family and hear Michael's story. And the family thought it was a very positive meeting. Um, It was the the furthest that they have ever gotten with the Irish government so that they could tell Michael's story. And they left feeling very positive. But... All the while, they are very wary of what the British government is wanting to do uh, with its uh, perfidious legacy bill. The Leonard family have been through untold tragedy. Another sibling, James, was 14 when he died in a bicycle accident while John Leonard lost a son some years after his brother's killing. John says his parents went to their graves without ever getting justice. I don't know. But my father and mother never, my mother never got over it. No, she died. I mean, then Chris was a, a farce, you know, that. You, you've probably seen all this, you know. Yeah. It's only that man found out all the, the, the right thing over in London in the army base. He found the whole, it was all different. Yeah. I know it's really hard for you to talk about it, John. Um... Your mother and father, they've been they've been gone a long time now yeah. and they they went without, you know, yeah, getting getting yeah, justice for Michael. Now, you, know, you know, when the police give in to that yeah, it'd been all different, wouldn't it? I mean they're gone and the uh, sure the then I lost we fella nine years after myself. Good round in the river, yeah. Yeah, he was only—he was only three years old. Yeah, care lifted him over the wire, and I was at home. I was away work. I drive diggers, you know. That's my. And it was, it was Saturday it happened, and uh, and I was at home the same day, working up doing training in the land, only five hundred yards away. They come running for me, my oldest fellow, Michael. He was only a bit six at the time. And I went down and oh, I knew it. it was too late to lift him. Shane, Shane carried him in the river. I knew it was all over. Your family has been through so much tragedy. How oh, yeah. how do you? My mother, you yeah, they lost. Our oldest fellow was killed of a bicycle, James. Yeah, I was with him the same day. Well, I wasn't with him. I was up the road where. Taking up, he, 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 he couldn't ride a bike. He took my mother's bike. You see, he went down the hill after the cow broke away, and he went down the hill after the cow. And I heard the roar. I heard him fell off the bike. But if it had been now, he wouldn't have died. It was probably Shannon that time. You see, and this there was a hip got broken. They sat it, they sat it. But then they'd break it again, and he died in the operating room. He was only 14 at the time. Poor Michael, he might as well have been in South Africa. Nobody's, nobody's done nothing for Michael. Lord save us, I mean, 
Uh, my father should have been told, somebody should have come out and told him. I mean, everybody, you know, uh, and then happens, you know, that yourself. Uh, you do. How did word eventually get back to your parents that night? Well, the priest and the sergeant came out at half past seven that night. Paul was only my younger brother. He was only 12, you see. Paul will remember that. I wasn't there. We were on our way home. What would you like to see happen now, John, in terms of oh God, of I, getting uh, justice? I'd like to see a, a new inquest anyway, and, and so they never was named or nothing. So the whole thing, the whole thing was uh, rubbish. Probably dead now. I don't know, but even so, you know. When you talk about it now, John. You know, you said it doesn't feel like 50 years ago, but obviously this... this no, it does not. 50 years. I mean, 50 years is a long time, and uh, I used to be... Michael, I knew Michael Barner. I knew Morris was away all the... Morris left school at 14 and was away to work in Arakenny. I was at home a long time before I went to, went to England and then I went to work for Morris then. Morris was in England first, then he came back to, to Bray or Greystones to start to build him and another fella, build houses. That's why I was up there then, I was driving a digger from But I knew Michael, me and Michael used to run about together, you know, he was only a year younger than me. I had brains to burn, Michael. That was cruel, wasn't it? Shot in the back for a driving offence. You wouldn't do it to, to a dog, would you? Catherine Gaffney, Ocean FM News.